Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. I am going to welcome back today a fabulous, she's just a fabulous person overall. She's done so much for the cat world and she's educated so many of us and I'm thrilled to be talking to her again. Stay tuned. Don't move. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, Anita Kelsey. She is an author, cat behaviorist, and holistic groomer. We talked to Anita, gosh, a couple years ago. She wrote a book called Claws, which was really interesting about all kinds of grooming stories. And now she's written a book called Let's Talk About Cats. Welcome, Anita. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me on. I'm so delighted to have you on. You know, when I read Claws, that book was, I thought it was great, interesting and funny and horrifying, some of the some of the things you went through. And I didn't think you could top it, but this book is really good. I mean, oh, interesting, so informative. Before we talk about the, all the details, though, can you tell everybody that who didn't catch that first interview a little about you? Yeah, so um, I live in London, UK. And I work with cats every day. So I'm a cat groomer. So I work in people's homes and I also uh, studied behavior. So I'm a cat behaviorist. So I work with people in their homes that are have, having some issues with their cats. And, um, and then my first book was Claws Confessions of, of a Professional Cat Groomer. And this is my second book. Let's talk about cats. What made you decide to write this book? Well, so I was looking for a follow-up to Claws, but I wanted to do something different. And this book has been a real process. Initially, it was a book of interviews because I started, I was interested in um, cat professionals and the lives of the cat professionals. So uh, it started off with um, a blog about interviewing different people and um, really getting into the lives of those people. And then I decided that this is really interesting. So let's write a book about the lives of the people. And um, then when the book was signed to a literary agent they wanted it more specific about answering cat questions and so so the whole book was then edited again to kind of hone in on questions about cats rather than the lives of the people so it's been through a lot of um, changes this book to get to the final version I think it's really good and I've I've had 
got a lot of cat books on catitude. So I don't say that lightly. Otherwise, I would just say, yeah, it's a good book and blah, blah, blah. But I read it all and I read a lot on, you know, just books in general. I am a reader. I've always been a reader my entire life. And I just found this hard to put down. It's interesting. I have six cats. I love cats. I'm not a crazy cat person, but I'm kind of a little bit, you know, into cats, obviously. Yeah. But this book is just, it's for all kinds of cat people. Whether you are thinking about adopting a cat, whether you're curious about cats, whether you're a cat, you know, I don't know, a cat enthusiast, just your everything is about you is cats. And I mean, I can't think of anyone who just, if you say the word cat, they go, oh yeah, that wouldn't be interested. It's very interesting. Let's talk about the format because that's unique too. How did you come up with the format? I know you said they wanted a revision from the first version, but the format keeps it very interesting too. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is very hard to, I mean, initially, um, so again, the people in the book, there was a rotation of people because this book, it was a lot of problems getting this book together. And um, some people pulled out the last minute. Um, some people were too busy. Some people weren't completing the the interview. So, um, but really, I'm really happy with the people we, we ended up with because it just sheds a whole light on so many different areas of of cats and um so initially i had to really change the format from the lives of the people to answering a specific question so unfortunately i had to let go of some interviews because they weren't necessarily answering a particular question about cats it was more about their lives so some people sadly i had to let go and then other people like jackson i was able to hone in on particular i mean jackson galaxy's um interview as well as everybody they were very very long interviews about the lives of the people and then I just honed in on particular questions that I asked that were really really interesting so that each chapter answers a particular question so well I'd like also that the chapters like you said it answers a particular question and then you go into the detail of you know about the person like you know questions about their life and their relationship with cats and what yeah. they do and so forth you have a little summary, but then you bring it home with um, like a personal story. Yeah. So how that came about is because the literary agent actually said that there wasn't enough of me in the book. There wasn't enough of my voice in the book. And so once again, um, the book grew from just being interviews with the people and and the contributors answering the question to then a following chapter where I put my own personal take on things or, or say a little story. So that's how that came about. So it's been a process. This book has changed in so many different ways over the three years. <laughs> and I'm really happy that they suggested that because I think that we've got a really perfect balance of shining a light on other professionals and then my take on things as well. I'd just like to say that I'm really interested in um, the experiences of other professionals, which is why I wanted to write this book in the first place, because I'm really interested in different people's perspectives and learning from them too. What I think is really interesting is that it's not just basic cat people or basic cat information. It goes into some kind of, you know, very unique people in the cat world, such as, you know, someone that talks to cats telepathically. The subject is, can cats communicate telepathically? Then you have, you know, if cats are grieving, you know, then you have also great basics of 
behavior. You know, why does my cat yeah. scratch furniture? Which I would like to figure that one out too. That one I found really good. Cats and music all the way to can cats be therapy <laughs> pets? So it covers just a vast amount it does. of I th- I think it does. things I think in the it's cat world. Book in, in that um, sense and really all the subjects that they're things that I was interested in to begin with because I didn't just want to write a, a typical basic cat behavior book because it's just not me I'm, I'm I like to kind of get into lots of different interesting things about cats so I and I know that there's a lot of cat behavior books already out there so I the reason why I've been avoiding writing um, a book on behavior is because there's lots out there already so I really needed a different take on on our cats and something to be unique really and I think this is this definitely is and I learned a lot. I mean, there's even a book on how to touch your cat, which, you know, I first had dogs. You're used to dogs. They are different, you know, animal, yeah. way different than cats. And their touch is different. And I had to learn that. And I thought I, I, thought I knew, but no, I learned a lot more, which was really interesting. All right, we're going to take a short break and then... I want to know your favorites, which might be hard because it's like your baby. So we'll be right back after this break. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Anita Kelsey about her new book, Let's Talk About Cats. So, Anita, if you can, or maybe not your favorite sections but the section the people that you interviewed that were the the most interesting or I know it's hard to play favorites yeah that's gonna that's gonna be really hard because um I was inspired by every single one it was just amazing to talk to all of them um I learned things from talking to them and it was great hearing um different people's perspectives so I mean I guess if I've um one of my favorites is not actually someone who works professionally with cats but it was um Mohammed Ali Algeo did oh, wait, read- that's one of mine, yeah. too. That's but, I yeah. have three, and that's that man is unbelievable what he's, he's un- gone he's through, what he's done. And there's a little but story. Tell our um, listeners, because you know it way better than yeah. I do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, um, so he runs, um, he, he's basically in Syria rescuing cats um, during the, um, the war, and um, 
he's just an amazing man. He's got a book out at the moment as well. So I, I plug his book in, in my book as well. But he kind of became a sensation through, um, he was one of the white helmets, which was also just ordinary people going into, um, buildings that had been bombed, rescuing the humans from that situation. So I think from that, I kind of knew about his story from an, a news report on the white helmets. And then as I started to delve deeper into him as a person, I realized that he was also rescuing cats as well. Uh, what I'd like to say about that chapter is initially the reason why that chapter ended back um, in my book again is a bonus chapter is because my literary agent um, couldn't get this book signed, sadly, to um, any publishing company. Um, none of the publishers over in the UK were interested. So um, when my literary agent just said that she couldn't really take me or the book any further, I was able to put this chapter back in because initially that chapter was taken out of the book. So um, I'm thrilled that it's gone back in the book again. <laughs> it's just, it's an unbelievable story. I mean, he has, here's a man that's lost his home with all yep. with the war and the bombings and everything. And he's still out there rescuing cats, helping people and yep. rebuilding and rebuilding. It's, he's just an amazing person. And yep. you had a translator, which makes it a little bit more challenging too was i mean it took about and, and i'd like to say he lost his family as well um when his family left um syria he stayed behind which caused complications with with his family as well so um you know it took great courage i mean it was yeah i can't i can't really um, begin to describe how that must have felt to kind of um stay behind because you wanted to rescue so many cats when your family um, was leaving Syria as well so and the interpreter I found the interpreter over here and um, there were big complications with the interpreter because obviously there's time differences there's a war going on in Syria so the interview took about a month and a half to actually um, come together and it was um, very difficult for um, Mohammed and uh, my interpreter, Rana Hapel, to actually even get their times, you know, coinciding with one another because of what was going out. It was very dangerous for him to even find a place where he could talk to her as well. So um, it was amazing we actually got that interview. You know, you read that chapter and you just think about how much you take for granted even I mean, yes. globally, everybody's gone through a little bit of a hard time with some people, you know, a great deal of difficulty with COVID. So it's been tough. Yeah. But then you read this and it puts things you know, in I, perspective. I think, someone, and, uh, I think some people, they just have a destiny. And I think that this man proves it, that he just had a destiny that he had to fulfill. I can't describe it in any other way, really. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you about, because I could pick favorites, even, oh, if you, on <laughs> even, if we, even if it's hard for you. There's two sections that I just learned so much about. Can cats communicate telepathically? Yes. And, really. you know, I kind of consider myself somewhat spiritual. And I do think there's things like, you know, telepathic communication. I think that you sometimes get signs from things just come to you, things happen for a reason, you yeah. can get signs and all of that. So I do believe that. But I never considered that you could communicate with your cat telepathically once you're trained. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting um, talking to Penelope because that is a learning and that's something that she's got naturally that she can do. And, and obviously, 
what I do is very differently um, from um, telepathy with animals. So I don't necessarily communicate with animals the same way that she does. So it was interesting listening to her and the different way that we work with cats as well. Because I, I truly believe in that too. I believe that some people have a gift and they can communicate with animals. I don't communicate with animals in the same way as Penelope. And that's why that was just really, really fascinating for me to um, hear how she does it and the feelings that she gets and how she describes it as well. I think anyone that can truly understand and communicate however they do with cats has some magic because they're not easy to read. It's not like reading a dog. It's just not. And it's not that it's good or bad. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah, exactly. Different. You you put it on the head. Yeah. That chapter really hit home to me to say, you know, respect the cat as the cat, but who the cat is, how they are. And you know what makes it harder for me is my first cat that I found me is Maine Coon Mix. And they're right. kind of like the dog of the cat world. He, can, you can treat them like, I know cats are not dogs, but you can, you can treat them like a dog and he responds. He was raised yeah, with the Havanese. He's just, yeah. have you yeah. heard that about Maine Coons? I have, yeah, about how they kind of follow you around and, yeah, they're very dog-like in, the, in their mannerisms as well. Right. So. <laughs> he be- he begs like a dog. You could rough yeah. him up. I mean, he still yeah. has his cat self. So coming <laughs> from that and then having cats that were really cats, I needed to learn some things. And I yeah. did get a few swipes in learning some things. <laughs> but well, that, uh, yeah. that section was really interesting and gave me a, yeah. hmm, you know, this is interesting thing to learn and I wish I had the skill to telepathically communicate to one of my cats who I think is very stressed but. well I think yeah, I think also it's a, um, the reason why I really wanted Penelope in the book is, is it's a very little known world as um, the communicating with animals not many people really know the ins and outs of it or understand what that is so I think I think that she really really sheds light on that and I think that's important so yeah, I think that that chapter is really, really fascinating. And, and like I say, it's kind of different with how I work with animals because I would never profess to being able to communicate with animals and, and read their thoughts. But so I work with them in a different way. But um, the whole point of this book was understanding different people's perspectives and how they work. So, yeah, it was great, that chapter. And to kind of go to my third section that I thought was really interesting because as I just confessed, my Dennis's main coon and he's kind of a little dog-like. I needed to learn this again and get the information and just um, really absorb it. How to touch your cat. The chapter with Sarah Fisher was yes. really informative. And I yes. had just had an interview not that long ago on Catitude where I asked the question, and it was um, a veterinarian I was talking to, is why are cats so open to letting you touch their face, which, you know, we as humans think of that as a vulnerable part, but their back is off limits. Yeah, well, it's a very sensitive area, um, the back, and along the back and along the tower, quite sensitive areas for cats. But the reason why I wanted um, Sarah Fisher in the book to talk about the um, tea touch as well is because it's very common for cats not to like being touched. So um, I think people... Um, They get pets because obviously you want to touch your pets. You want them to be lap cats. 
Um, you've got a perception of how you want them to be. But many cats don't like that um, tactileness and they don't like to be overly touched. So I think it's important that we remember that um, to just respect that particular cat. So if you do have a cat that doesn't like being touched, you have to respect that. Um, I have so many um, clients that want to change the cat to kind of suit what their their idea of a pet should be. And once they realize that you can actually get a very fantastic bond, if they have a cat that doesn't like being touched, if you just respect that, you'll get um, far, far closer with your cat. So I think that that chapter was really important. I absolutely agree. And I think I'm going to have a better bond with Molly because of it. Right. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, because I think that as well, I think that I've managed to teach people with the cats that don't like being touched actually it's a huge honor if they just join you in your space that should be enough for you with some people obviously with some other people with um there has been um i must say there has been a few rehoming situations because the person just could not live with a cat that doesn't like being touched and they really really wanted a lap cat so obviously they got the wrong cat for their situation so then we have to find a home where somebody's going to respect um respect the cat's wishes so there has been several of those but most people just understand that the bond can be much much stronger if you just kind of step back from your expectations of what a pet should be i absolutely agree and like i said from from me just because you know, Dennis is all, you know, about vigorous back rubs and belly rubs and you can pick him up and whatever. Molly, yeah. on the other hand, if she lets me touch her face, if she sits next to me, I feel honored. So yeah. that's yeah. how she is. She, yeah. It's not bad. That's how she is. Yeah, exactly. So I think you've got the right, you've got the right attitude. And that's just, it's just with some people, they just have to realize that it's not all about them. The pet isn't just there for them. Your, your cat isn't just there to be an ornament. You have to respect what, what they are as an individual. Don't you get tell them. these people, you know, some people are huggers, some people are not huggers. Same with your cats. Some, yeah. you know, some people have a, a mindset and it is what it is. But there's also some other great chapters about how you should feed your cat, what you can do to, to prevent, you know, misbehavior like scratching furniture. Kate Benjamin is in here. Just so much, just chock full of all yeah, kinds I'm, of interesting things about real. cats. No, I'm thrilled. I mean, was a, uh, Jackson's a huge, uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Jackson and of Kate as well. And so um, it was a real uh, honor to talk to Jackson because, um, you know, we have a few different ways of looking at things because obviously I know that uh, in the US, people mainly keep their cats in in certain areas, whereas over here, our cats are mainly free roaming unless, uh, you know, unless you've got like a breed of cats. So there was a few areas that we disagreed on, but we mainly um, think, very much the same way. So it was it was great talking to him. Very lovely, warm person. He's he great. I love yeah. him. I've I've had him on the show twice. I've I've been um fortunate to meet him at the there's a big, huge pet expo, which I don't know about next year, but we normally go every year, we've gone for ten oh, years. Wow. Global yeah. Pet Expo. And I've been lucky enough to um speak with him twice there. He's just a great guy. Just, he is. just and I'm a glad great guy. He's done too. <laughs> He's done a lot for the, in the U.S. for the, the whole the whole world of cats. Yeah, yeah. No, it was amazing. In fact, I th I think um, the majority of the contributors to this book are, are from the U.S. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I noticed now that you said that. I'm like, yeah, there are were quite a few from. Yeah, there are quite a few. Well, there's a lot of cats here. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing now is there's, I've done so much on TNR and, you know, rescue, and there's so much of a push towards that, that yeah. I really think I don't, it's not a new, you know, what you like movement. But mm-hmm. with COVID and people working from home and being lonely, right. there's been so much adoption. And hopefully there are not returns because that drives me yeah. nuts. That's big for Yeah, I didn't think of that. Throat. That must be quite... Um, so what's happening over there with the uh, TNT programs then? Well, a lot of TNR programs, there was are just kind of self-run. Amazon recently did a special on... It was called, I think, The Cat Rescuers. And I had Sassy Walker on my show and I knew her from uh, the internet and I thought this woman is amazing. But there's a lot of small, you know, rescuers that just start out where they're rescuing one or two and then they'll find the different colonies of cats and they'll trap, they'll teach others to trap. And it just grows like that because there's just areas where there's just a ton of cats that the yes, community yeah, yeah. I moved into, that's where my, I had one cat. Now I have six. So that's where that grew from because mama yeah. had two, she had two um, litters before I could get her fixed and I had to hire someone. So I think there's so much awareness, you know, with what yeah. Hannah Shaw yeah. is prom- doing, you know, with Amazon, with the cat rescuers, with Instagram, what people are doing. So I think that is where it's starting. And there's a lot of push towards you don't have to do everything. Just do your part. Do something. Yeah. 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 But there's, I feel like with the cat, I mean, there's a huge, I call it like an universal community really with the, um, with cat people. I think that cat people just like across the, across all the countries, we're just all united really in how we feel about cats and how we want to help them. So, because I've even noticed like on on Facebook, if somebody puts up that they need help in a certain area, there will be other people getting on board to try and find them the help. So you, there's a, just that community. Um, we're all connected. Exactly. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of yeah. small rescues. Um, yeah. And I think it's even more so with cats than dogs because of how how cats are so independent where they're, they can survive on the streets longer than dogs. And, you know, the mom and cats have litters so much more frequently and they just yes, grow yeah. and grow. Yeah. And yeah. the alternative you don't want to think about, you know, so we have to do something. You're right. Social media has done a lot to help it grow. It's done a lot to help the small TNR rescuers make it so that their means are greater so that they can afford to help these, you know, injured cats, you know, with as many that are adopted, there's still so many that are abandoned, not just growing up on the streets, but just abandoned. So it's getting a lot better. It's such a huge country. There's only so much that you can do because, um, and unfortunately with your kind of kill shelters out there, it it must be heartbreaking because I I don't think we have that over here. Not that I know anyway. So um, yeah, it it must, it must be um, heartbreaking to know that you can only do so much to rescue so many. You know, I was listening to Jackson had recently had his virtual cat camp because he, you know, couldn't have a regular yeah, cat camp because of COVID. And he and Hannah were um, taking questions. And yeah. Hannah Shaw said, she's also, you know, you know, Hannah Shaw as well, right? You've heard of her. 
to be honest, I don't think I've heard of her name, but maybe um, I know her face. Um, is she the kitten lady? That's yes, always- the kitten oh, lady. Yes, yes. Oh, yes I have heard of her. Yeah. She had some really good thoughts with all this rescue. She said, what's important is that find a niche that's yours and just do your part with that. It's overwhelming right. to think you can handle the whole process. And sure. her yeah. niche just fell into taking care of kittens. And that's where that is. So it makes sense because when you start to do all of it, it's just, it's overwhelming and emotionally as well. I I, I totally agree with her. You just find a section that, that, um, that interests you that you've got a real passion about. And then that's where you, you help in that, that section because you can't do everything. So she's amazing. Actually, I do follow her on, um, Instagram. But I just, I know her as the kitten lady. I didn't know. Her yes, the kitten lady. And she also has some great blogs or vlogs, video okay. interviews that are great. Yeah. And oh my gosh. I mean, it's adorable. It's kittens, but yeah. what she's done with some that are covered in fleas and this. And oh my gosh. Oh. I, I have not had her on my show. I would love to, though. But let's talk about more about your book. Where can people find your book? It's called Let's Talk About Cats. It is a book for anyone that anyone in, at all that's interested in cats makes a great gift for a new cat mom or cat dad. It's just chock full of great information. Well, at the moment, so as you know, or I'm not sure if you do know, but it's a self-published book. So I'm, I'm out there on my own on a limb. And um, at the moment, it's just on Amazon. So you can get it on Amazon US and Amazon UK. Yeah, so, yeah, on Amazon. (laughs) Like everything, find it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. That's a good place. I mean, everybody can have access to it. Who is the cat on the cover? Oh, ah, so, um, well, that was just um, a design. It's like a stock image. So that was, I had a designer do the book cover, and she just got that from, um, I think it's called Photostock. So, yeah, because I think um, we just decided to go for, I think, my photographs of cats they were a little bit fussy some of them and so she decided to just go for quite a a plain stock image that would go with the color scheme of the book well he's a cutie or she's a cutie whatever whatever and before you go tell me about your cats because they're kind of to me it's an unusual breed i mostly know mixed and tabbies and tuxedos and gingers and that's about it Oh, so, oh, actually, before I do, I just want to um, say, so I have set up a Facebook group, the title of the book called Let's Talk About Cats, and I'll be running five cat photo competitions to give away a free copy of the book with some cat toys. So if anybody wants to head over to the Facebook page, Let's Talk About Cats, and then they just have to wait for me to put up the um, the photo competitions. And it's become like a really lovely, um, nice cat community, actually. It's grown. It's about 400 people now, and everyone's sharing photos of their cats and talking about cats so that's a nice community just sort of put that in so uh, yeah about my cats they're two wait, Norwegian wait, and where can people also- find you on instagram too on instagram is at cat behaviorist okay. and that's the same with um twitter as well at um, cat behaviorist as well okay wonderful and then yeah. tell me about your cats oh yeah so um two norwegian forest cats called kiki and zaza and they're both um large um white and silver cats yeah, they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. They're age 12 now. So, and this, but they're still doing really, really well. And they're the love of my life. <laughs> ah, wonderful. And by the way, for everyone listening, they're long haired, right? Yes. Okay. And for everyone that's listening, to go back to the book 
And it also has, there's a chapter in there that actually explains how to brush your cat and groom your cat. So see, you need to get this book. It's called <laughs> Let's Talk About Cats. We'll have also information on the Pet Life Radio page for this episode. And I know your cats are gorgeous, so I can't wait to see more pictures of them on social media. Anything else? Any tidbits for us people? We have people listening all over the world, but most of the people are here in the U.S. So I know. Why don't you tell us why are cats called Moggies in the... (laughs) I think that's a better name. We just call them... Uh, I'm not even sure why I'm, I'm not even sure I know that myself. I do know Mog is um is just short for cat over here. It's like um it's like slang for for cat, and it just means ordinary Moggy, so a non-breeded cat. That's what Mog means. See, we just call them strays, so it doesn't sound as oh, nice. Okay. Well, we um I mean it's not so much a stray. It's just um a Mog is just a Moggy is just like a non-breeded cat. So just a general normal cat rather than a specific breed. But I think uh, I think it just people head over to my Facebook. Let's talk about cats because um, it's a huge, lovely, friendly community there, and everybody's just posting pictures of their cats. And I can't wait to put up the, the um, cat photo competitions and and see everybody's moggies. <laughs> okay then. Well, thank you so much, Anita, for coming on Catitude and telling us about your cats and your fabulous book, Let's Talk About Cats. Michelle, I'm thrilled you like it. Thank you so much. I think it's fabulous. And I know it's a big time difference. So thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Ah, it's always a pleasure talking to Anita. And I know I've said it a few times, but I really, really like this book. It's called Let's Talk About Cats by Anita Kelsey, and you can find it on Amazon. It's so interesting. I'd uh, like to thank my cat crew. Reading the book made me understand more about my cat crew, so it was wonderful. So thank you, Dennis and Molly and Charlotte, uh, Sammy, Jeffro, and Jazz. Thanks to my guest, Anita, for coming on Catitude. Thanks to everyone listening. This is a great book. Check it out, please. It's really good. And thanks to Mark Winter for making me and my guest sound great. Keep listening. We have a lot of great shows coming up. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.